This is Healing Through Love. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Healing Through Love. My name is Olivia Luna and I'm just a 32-year-old single woman who has never been in love before. And this podcast is my journey to find a healthy, healing, long-term monogamous relationship. Along the way, I'm going to get to talk to some amazing friends and loved ones, as well as experts in the fields of dating, relationships, health, wellness, and everything in between. And today I have with me the wonderful Tess Tregellis. Tess is a comedian, video producer, and hopeless romantic. She does stand-up all over New York City and produces two shows, My Life is a Rom-Com and Spicy Medley. She creates viral videos on her own account as well as on Betches. You can follow her at Tess Treg on Instagram to see her weekly videos and upcoming shows. So excited for you guys to hear my talk with the hilarious Tess. Um, But before we get into that, just a reminder, if you are loving this podcast, please consider giving a five-star review. It really helps in extending the reach. Also, if you are able to support financially, you can become a monthly donor to the podcast. Any amount helps in just continuing the growth and expansion of the show. So thank you so much. If you are listening to this episode on Spotify, we have polls and questions at the bottom of each episode that you can play along with. And as always, feel free to share and post and tag us on social media at Solidarity underscore media or head to SolidarityMediaProductions.com to continue the conversation. All right, let's get into today's talk. All right, everyone. So I have with me the super funny, super amazing, super wonderful Tess Tregellis. Tess, how are you today? I'm good. Feeling good. Awesome. Thank you for so much for joining me. Um, I've been um, like a big fan of just like your content online. And then like you as a person, you're just lovely and wonderful. And it's always great to just like hang out with you. But like who you are online is just like so interesting to me. And, and uh, we were talking about it before um, this recording. But like, yeah, we are very similar just in terms of like our dating experiences and like dating in New York and modern dating and all that. So I was very, very excited to speaking with you today. So thank you again. Yeah, I'm so excited. I feel like we, well, we see each other at the gym and I think mm. knowing who we are in that space and like versus who we are outside of the gym, <laughs> it's very, like, I'm very like pretty quiet, like kind of do my thing. And then you see who I am on the internet and you're like, oh, what? Like, who is different. this? Hello. Yeah. Yeah. No. Anyway. Yeah. It's fun. Awesome. So let's get right into it. Um, we want to start by just telling us a little bit about like how you, your upbringing, um, but specifically, how were you taught to love growing up? Ooh, um, I grew up in Connecticut. Um, I'll start there. I, I think I grew up like on rom-coms. Like I, I was like, oh, like that's how you kind of live your life. Like you sacrifice everything for the guy and you know you you meet someone in the damsel in distress in the rain like I think I very much had that perception um I remember watching Greece for the first time and being like so that's high school cool get it like <laughs> I watched a lot of movies and was like okay so I need to do that and I was I grew up performing in musical theater and acting and so that kind of changed my perception like do you know it, like dating in New York is one thing but like dating trying to do theater is a whole different ball game because it's yes. like everyone's really attractive but like not attracted to you and there's one straight guy and they <laughs> yeah they, they get yes. to pick whoever and it's like it's it's intense yeah. um so that was kind of uh my perception of it but I think 
I never really had a boyfriend in high school. Like all my friends did. I was like, I've pretty much been like a chronic third wheel for a while. So that's kind of like where I've, where I found my, my truth is being like the friend, the supportive friend. Um, but now I'm kind of stepping into my main character moment and it's been pretty exciting. We love to hear that. Yes. Um, that's so funny. And yeah, I, I grew up, um, I, I went to school originally, um, my, I did my degree in theater performance. And so I like was starting relationships and dating in the theater community. And like that bubble is one so incestual because you're right. It is, <laughs> it's a lot of gay guys. And then like the few straight ones that are there are like just bouncing around from girl to girl to girl. And it was just, it just, uh, it, it is the worst. And like, it's always people that are super talented and super amazing and able to like embody this character, but then don't know who the hell they are just as people. Yeah. So I feel the struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I also think like the, I think I was like playing, I still am playing a character. Like I do think that there is a, like a character I go on dates and I'm like, who was that? Like, that was not me. That was me <laughs> being the person that you thought that I think you want me to be. Mm. And I'll, I'll feel myself like go like saying things and being like, that's not my line. Like, that's not what I'm supposed to say. Like, that's not what I would ever say, but it's like a people, people pleasing thing. And I think like part of that is like, okay, well I need to play the role of girlfriend and then I can play the role of crazy girlfriend. And you know, it's like, I'm trying to just be like, this is me. This is who I am. Like meet me where I'm at, but I definitely, Yeah. Oh, I feel you on all of that, Tess. Can you mm-hmm. tell me, like, what were some of the rom-coms growing up or even now today that, like, you, like, so you mentioned Greece, like, the ones that, like, really impacted you and just, like, defined dating and relationships for you? 27 Dresses, I don't know what, why, but, like, I think I was relatable because I was, like, oh, like, I'm never going to have a boyfriend. I'm never going to get married. So, like, I'm going to be the bridesmaid. Like, that's going to be my role. So I think I had, like, a sweet spot for that one. How to lose a guy in 10 days. I am literally living that, not actually, but like the trope and the cliche of like, I'm a woman, I'm in media, I'm single, I'm trying to meet a guy. I'm like a little kooky, a little fake, but like, so I, sometimes I watch these and I'm like, oh shit. Like I kind of became that stereotype in real life, which is scary, but. Tell me about it. I have a podcast where I like I'm talking about my dates and like and I don't I don't it's like it's this weird like weird line of like I'm not dating for content but it kind of is my content and like ugh, no like, I mean it's, everybody has like a different I mean okay so I do stand up and when I tell guys that most of the reaction is like don't put me in your stand up or like mm-hmm. oh like kind of mm-hmm. as a joke and I've come to the I'm like what are you hiding like if, if there's something that you wouldn't want said, like what is worse me saying to a group of random people, a funny story that you did without saying your name, no context of who you are, just a funny story. And maybe like someone may know you, but probably not. Or me telling my six best girlfriends, your name first and last, showing them your Instagram, your LinkedIn, telling them the crazy things that you did. And not only telling them, but they're going to tell their like, that's so much worse. Just don't be, just don't be an asshole. Don't be rude. Be boring. Be nice. (laughs) And same with me. Like I, you know, I'm trying not to be an asshole because I I can be rude. 
<laughs> no, I, I feel you on that. And yeah, I definitely, um, I mean, I, I, I'm learning that like, it is nice to just be like, I can just be sort of general on here. Like I'm not naming names or anything or being specific, but like the, the relatability that like everybody I think has in dating, in relationships, like everybody's had that shitty date of somebody who did xyz like people can just relate to those stories and it's more so like that's just how i just want to build connection on here is like i'm sharing my life from my perspective i'm not like talking you know how i think somebody is perceiving me but like from my perspective this is what i'm feeling and i think like that's relatable to people and that's authentic and that's what the art is really trying to do here it's so so vulnerable yeah. like and mm -hmm. i think i think the new wave of like yeah, I don't really care. Like, I don't, I don't give a shit. Like, whatever. It's that's not my brand. Like, I, I care so. When I like someone, I care so much. Yeah. Like, if someone I liked right now texted me, I'd be like, I gotta go. I'd close it. Like, <laughs> I, but it doesn't take. It takes me so long to get to that point mm -hmm. that it, like, it's vulnerable to be like, I really care about you, and not know what they're gonna say. Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk to us a little more about like who who like who are you in relationships? The types of patterns um, that you have. You talked a little bit about people pleasing, but anything else there? Um, I would say. Well, I read this book called Detached, which I think we've talked uh, yes, about. Yes, I, I am, I am anxious and avoidant, which is like not a lot of people are that. So you're looking at someone who's at the top five percent of red flags. But I do think my track record was like. I, I would, per I would love bomb. I would love bomb someone. I'd become obsessed with them. And then I, it would usually happen right before I was about to leave someplace. So like right before I left college, that happened right before I would leave any like summer thing. I, the last like three weeks or the last three days or the last whatever, that's when I would open myself up knowing that I would leave. So, and then I would like try to keep it going kind of knowing it would never really work. So I think that was kind of my pattern, which I've been working on breaking. I had like one long-term relationship, which was a beautiful relationship. And it was my first one and it was scary. And it, um, you know, I think that was a big challenge for me, but it was also um, long distance. So, you know, it's like, I wanted that padding, I think, um, which is, in hindsight, I was like, oh, I, yeah, I do do that. So I'm trying to be a little more like slow with everything so that, um, you know, I'm not rushing to leave essentially. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, I mean, I'm a fun, fun girlfriend, but I also, I really like my independence. Um, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not someone who's like, I need to be around you all the time. Like I like having my, my little worlds. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I really had only one like big relationship and that's vulnerable too, to like, to be like, there's been one and I, I don't have that much experience of like meeting the parents and like, okay, so I meet your friends. Like what happens next? You know, like mm -hmm. those bigger moments, I haven't had a lot of those. So I'm yeah. new to the relationships, I guess. You and me both. I've never really had that experience either. And it's like, it's something that I know I've always wanted, but 
and I, I've said this like at the first episode that I had, but it's it's kind of like trying to find a needle in a haystack and I don't know what a needle is, right? Like I am mm -hmm. trying to find this thing that I've never had. I don't know what it looks like, but I want it. And I, I know I'm, I should be, I'm supposed to have it or whatever. Like I, I should be doing all of these things to get it, but I don't know, yeah, what that is. So I, I feel you on that and like, um, I think I think just continuing, like we said, on this path of just like really understanding our authentic self, like who we are and just like what we want in life, like that's the quickest way that we're going to be able to find that like genuine connection because that's what that buffer is, right? Like it's this fear of like being with me and having somebody like like be with me and it's like like am I okay with that? Like I don't I don't know if I'm okay with me to share with somebody, you know, so it's easier yeah. to just like, let me end this or know, know when the ending is going to be. So that way I can like be safe and be and, in like, control of yeah, that. Where it's like, control. I control when this starts and I control when it ends. And that's true mm -hmm. with every relationship is like, I mean, my parents got divorced at 60. Like you never know. You really mm -hmm. never know. So like, I, yes, I'm a hopeless romantic, but I'm, you know, I'm like, th things happen. Like, I, I, I don't know if I necessarily think that there's like one person for everybody, but I do think as I've gotten older, it's like I, my priorities of the type of partner I want have totally changed from like, I want someone who's, you know, going to be funny like me and like do all these things. And now I'm like, oh my God, like I get that from my work and like my friends and all these other things that like, when I, you know, come home to somebody, I wanted to be someone who's like, let's talk about like, not funny things and like let's just be together or whatever um I don't want to feel like I have to perform or like be an audience member all the time um and I think that from the book I really think people should read attached if you're if you're curious it's a great book but I it brought up the point that like not one person is supposed to fulfill all of your needs like and that took a lot of pressure off of me because I felt like oh I need to be you know, I need to be fun and I need to be energetic and I need to, you know, have the perfect department. I like literally, this is me contradicting myself because I just bought a rug because I was stressed that like my rug wasn't like clean enough. So I was like, I'm just going to get a new rug because if he comes over, then like he knows that I have a good rug. Like that's me being like such a hypocrite to what I just said, but I'm working on it is the point. And now you have a new rug. I don't know. I, have I, mean, a new, I, didn't, I needed a new rug, but I did need like a little kick in the butt for me to get it. Cause I'm like, oh, he's coming over here. Nobody. And then I started liking someone and I'm like, if he comes over here and he sees all of my flaws, like, who am I? God so. forbid she has a dirty rug. Get out. Um, I know. <laughs> no, that, I totally resonate with that. And yeah, we'll put the book in the show notes for sure. Cause I, I've been mm -hmm. reading parts of it and it's definitely a really, really good read. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's all just how we kind of like shield ourselves in some way because we're just afraid. And, and I love, I love what you said about, yeah, not pouring so much of ourselves into one person, expecting them to be everything, but also not expecting ourselves to be everything for that person. Like, especially especially women, unfortunately, yeah. we just feel like we need to take on the world mm -hmm. and be everything for everyone. And then who are we for ourselves? You know, then we don't have any, any energy to like, just in, you know, engage in like self care. So don't spread yourself too thin and don't expect, you know, one person to be everything for you. Like have, have multiple things for yourselves. Um, yeah. and 
speaking of multiple things, you have a show coming up or you, you performed I, the show and it was yes. great and amazing. And you have a second run of it, which is so exciting. Yes. My life as a rom-com. Can we talk mm-hmm. about that? How, how did that come to be? Well, it started in COVID. I did like a show, a virtual show of it. Cause I was like, I, I knew I wanted to do that show at some point and COVID was so sad. And I, I think at the time I was producing it, it was like, I was in a long-term relationship that was long distance and it was COVID and so many things were happening. And I was like, I need some like nurturing people who have funny stories, but also like do believe in love. Like, I feel like in standup, you hear a lot of like dating apps suck. Right. And it's like, when you go in with that attitude, of course, it's going to suck. Like, I, I think like reframing my mindset to be like, I'm here to just meet somebody and like have a cup of coffee and, or have a drink. And like, that's it. Like, we're not, we're not doing crazy things here. Like I approach it. Like I need to be like a little bit of your friend first and know that I can like hold a conversation with you. But uh, anyway, so then the show kind of, as I kept dating and noticing like how I fell into these tropes of rom-coms, I was like, Oh, like this is a show and um, it's going really well. It's very exciting. Um, It's a comedy variety show. So like, we had um, singers and comedians, and then we had a musical um, comedy group, improv musical comedy group, improvised a musical. This next show, we, I have a magician coming, which what? I no, <laughs> I know. I literally, like, I love magic. And I don't, and I think I'm similar, like my view to magic is similar to my view to love, where like, I don't really want to know like how it happens. I'm just like happy that it's happening. <laughs> like, I, like, I am like, I'm not like, I know how he did it. I'm like, that was awesome. I am yeah. amazed. Like, why would I want to like break it down? So, um, so there's a magician coming and I'm hoping um, he does a lot of, he does like sleight of hand stuff. Like I've seen him do it. It's incredible. But he also does this like mind melding thing where um, he gives out cards and he can like, call what your card is like without even looking at it kind of thing oh, wow. so like very um very cool and he's like a gorgeous man you know like Ooh. a gorgeous man doing that yeah I like you hear magician and you're like mm, what's the vibe he's like 26 and gorgeous it's so it's insane so come to the show March Buying 30th. my ticket now yeah we're gonna put the link in the show notes definitely Amazing. gonna go check that out that's incredible and I love that analogy too there's something I'm just like Yeah, approaching (laughs) love from this more like playful, whimsical, like, yeah, we don't we don't need to we don't need to solve this. We don't need to know the answer behind the the magic trick. Like we can just enjoy, you know, the the yeah, the the I don't know, the the beauty of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, very exciting. So excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Um, can you give us maybe one or two of like either your best or your worst date? stories um one of my I'll give like one of my best first dates um was a friend we were friends in college and he was like I'm gonna take you on a date and I was like this was me being like I'm a quirky girl like I, I guess I didn't really realize like how flirty I am when I when someone doesn't like me, I'm very flirty. Like I, I'm just a friendly person. And so it, it shocks me when they like me. So like, I like you. And I'm like, what? Like, I didn't think you would ever like me. And so whatever. So he asks me out. And like, I remember he opened the door for me. It was just like college. So like, 
someone opening the door for you was like, whoa, he's like a gentleman versus like, I don't know, like meeting you at the cafeteria. Like what? Anyway. So he takes me to a puppy place, like a, like a pet store. And we like played with a little puppy. And then he took me to a comedy show and like in our college. And it was just like very wholesome and sweet. And I was like, I was like, okay, this is a date. Like I'm excited. And uh, we're still friends, but I just remember being like, wow. Um, and then he sent me a voice memo by accident when he was talking to his friend about the date. And I never listened to it because I was like, oh, that was a mistake. But he was saying like, I freaked out because I sent a voice memo to you about the date and I needed to distract you. So I just sent you like a ton of office memes, like the office to distract oh, me from the like, voice memo. And I was like, it worked. I never listened to it. <laughs> it's like, wow. Never in my life. But that was one of the really good ones. Uh, I was nervous, but I, it was nice that like, I don't know, there, it was like a plan. I love yeah. a plan. And I love a little puppy date too. That's so sweet. The puppy though was like, it was kind of funny because the puppy we picked was like really badly behaved. I mean, it was a puppy, but like at one point we were like, okay, like, can we like go? Like, the dog <laughs> is biting my arm and like, I'm, I'm kind of done. Like we're done. So yeah. we learned in the first date that we shouldn't get a dog together, but um, I think that's fair. First date. No, it's great information. Great long-term yeah. information. Awesome. Uh, worst dates? Oh my God. There's so many. There's mm. so, and I do it to myself because I don't pick up on the red flags. Um, mm. But I'll do the most recent one. It was in New York, Hinge. He was 28, 30. Um, I can't remember. But on the first date, within the first five minutes, he tried his stand-up to me and he's not a comedian he took a stand-up class and was like hey like I'm taking a stand-up class um do you want to hear my tight five and I was like tight five is like your five minute set and I was like oh sure yeah and he told me about how his like testicles got twisted I don't know it was a whole thing mm. and th and then he was like hinting about a gambling problem I don't know anyway so I meet him up later in the week to get drinks it was actually halloween that night and he's in like a cop costume like a full and like a sexy one but then he kept asking me if it was problematic that he was in a cop costume and i was like when you say it like that like kind of like i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't frame it like that just say you're like reno 911 like i don't mm -hmm. it was weird and then we're at the bar and he's like he was like because of his gambling problem, he had a lot of cash. <laughs> Sounds so insane. So he's wave. He was like, "We're at the crowded bar," and he's like, "Do you think if I wave my cash at the bartender, he'll come over quicker?" And I was like, "That's actually like the rudest thing you could do. Please don't do that." Um, and then he we we're at the bar, and I started talking to another woman because I was not having fun, and she was Australian, whatever. And he like mimics her accent which is like a weird thing to do, what? but yeah. I mean, if it's like a playful way, but he, the, she didn't like it. She was like, what? And he she was like, know oh, him. come on. Like, what? I know. And he was like, oh, come on. It's funny. Or like did something weird. And I was like, oh, I, I don't think she likes that. It's, I said, it's awkward to sing or it's awkward to do someone's accent or mimic them in front of them. It's almost like when you sing happy birthday to someone, like mm. it's, like you, you think it's fun, but like the person who's getting sung at is like very uncomfortable. And then he proceeds to sing happy birthday, like at the top of his lungs in the bar 
And I was like, oh my God, like what? And then we're leaving. He's like, I'll walk you to the subway. And in his cop costume, he slides down the subway step, like down the railing in the cop costume, like slides down it like an eight-year-old boy. And I was like, (laughs) so it was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. And he said some like condescending things to me too, where I was like, I just, we can't do this. And I had the most savage response. And I think I want anyone to use this if they want to, but he was like, I gave him the nice text. That's like, Hey, I had a really nice time getting to know you. I just don't think this is a match kind of thing. And he asked for feedback after he was like, Oh, do you have any like feedback for me? And I couldn't, I didn't even know where to begin, but I was angry because I was like, you were like rude to me. You were rude to people, like strangers. Like I, I can't, where do I even begin to tell you that like you're a toxic male who mm-hmm. like just didn't like respect people? I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I said, um, no, I think I've just decided that after going on a date with you, I want to go back to dating women. Uh, <laughs> which I thought was the perfect thing to say. And he goes, glad it wasn't a me thing. Good luck exploring your sexuality. And I was like, okay. Um, uh. <laughs> you didn't get it. But it was a good response. Yeah. I was like, burn, burn. I was like, you'll remember that. Mm-hmm. You, so, you've, you've converted me. Thank you. Thank you turned me. You turned me. This you is turned the me. final straw that broke the camel's back. Appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. That really is a rom-com test. Isn't that like, wild? That like, literally happened to me. I'm like, what the heck? And the whole time you're telling me this, I completely forgot that he's in that fucking cop costume. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, in a full cop costume. I was like, bro. What? Wow. And he was 6'4". And I know that because he told me multiple times. Because <laughs> of course. Because of yeah. course. And so yes. a 6'4", I don't know how much men weigh. I will never understand that. But sliding down the railing, <laughs> I was like, if you fall, I can't. I, I'm calling 911. I can't mm-hmm. carry you. Like calling the actual cops because I felt like a na- I felt like a babysitter. That's how I felt the whole night. It was a nanny, oh, which I'm is like so that's not sexy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, props to you for one, you know, giving the nice little text, but then also just like shutting no, it down I'm- entirely. Like no, we're not doing this. I'm not um, and it's so funny that he asked for feedback. Like he did, he did it sounds like he wasn't like a very self-aware person to begin no. with. So why the hell, what is this going to do for you? Like, you're not really working on yourself at all. Like you can't be conscious of the fact that like we are in a public space and you are what singing, screaming happy birthday to like spite me or yeah. something like, come on, dude. You ever gotten feedback? Ask for feedback. You know, um, I'm, I'm think I'm going to get in the habit of doing it. I've heard that it's like, if you're genuinely like in the process of trying to be a better date, a better partner, or just like improving your relationships, like it's not a bad thing to ask. Like, Hey, can you have feedback? Um, I haven't ever like, I've had guys ask me like, if I've, if I've decided not to see them, like, Oh, what's the reason or whatever. Um, and sometimes I'll be honest, but like, I don't know. Usually it's at a certain point. It's like, if it's that extreme where you have to be an idiot to not see like why this was a horrible date, I don't see the point. Like I don't genuinely, I don't see the point in like giving you any feedback because you're not going to listen to it. Especially if like he's disrespectful. He's like not really like inconsiderate even to the work that you do and just like Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, Do you get a lot of that of like guys trying to like... (laughs) 
oh my god give you their well, stand-up so much so much of it oh. um and it's kind of a joke now oh my god people in my building found out that i do comedy and now i'm like fuck what am i gonna how like yeah. i'm just like it's it's a very sacred thing where it's like i don't a, a lot of guys are like i've always wanted to do it like i people always tell me i'm funny i'm more funny off the cuff like i could never i'm so scared you have such balls and it's like i get uncomfortable with like so many other things in my life but this is one thing that i'm not uncomfortable with but that's like me it's a lot of finance bros and i'm like it's very similar to finance where i'm like yeah if i started investing when i was young and like got used to being around that i wouldn't be as uncomfortable with money like it's the same kind of idea like i wouldn't be whatever you work at like during that time or whatever you're passionate about or whatever you think is going to fuel your goals like it's going to make you better at it it's not about like having balls or like whatever and i think when guys say like either I could never do that where it's like, it makes me feel like, um, I don't know, almost like embarrassed. Like, Oh, I could never, I could never do that kind of thing. Or if they're like, I, I always wanted to do that. Then I'm like, Oh, you, so you think this is easy. You think that if you did it, then you would be great at it, which you wouldn't because it takes time, no matter who you are. But because you're like a white dude, you think that like you can walk into anything and, you know, get praised for it. And in standup, that is just so, I mean, it's definitely the case in certain spaces where like, if you're like an attractive white male straight, like you'll, you know, get boosted. But at the same time, if you're not funny, people aren't going to laugh. So like a lot of guys get kind of teared down and. I do have some savage responses that I don't think they're, they get ready for. Like I'm a little sassier or like say something witty and they're like, what? Um, but yeah, I think it, and I'm sure you get this too. Like women who are, um, you know, have a platform, like a podcast or like are on stage, they get insecure that like, oh no, am I going to be up there? And it's like, mm-hmm. honey, you're not that important. Like, I'm the star. Like exactly. the, story. the podcast is about like, or the show is about love, but like, I'm not talking about you. And even if I am like, it's filtered through me. It's my right. story. I'm not, it's not like, it's, it's the female gaze. It's like what I perceive as it. It's my inspiration. It's my words. Like, it's not like, I don't know. Also just yeah. don't be an idiot. Like, I won't I need know. to talk about you if you're just boring and nice. Like I don't know. <laughs> the relationship that I had that was like a lovely relationship. I have sure I have like funny moments in it, and maybe I have I have one joke, but it's not about it. It's about um like how I dealt with the breakup. But it was a beautiful relationship, and I'm like I would never joke. I would never talk shit about him on stage because I genuinely cared about him, and he genuinely cared about me, and it was lovely. The people who I know don't care about me because they showed it in the date. I don't care about them on st- like if you're not gonna like this is a two way street. Mm-hmm. So I think um, someone who's grounded in who they are and being like anything that I do is gonna be to support you and like nurture you versus the guys who are like oh you're a comedian so you can take it I'm gonna try to tear you down I'm like 
this isn't fun. This doesn't open yeah. me up to be vulnerable and like loved. I dated one comedian who everything I wore, he had some like mean thing to say about it. Mm. And I was like, are you ever going to like, just say I look nice? Is that ever going to be something you do? It was so weird. Yeah. Anyway. Oh man. No, I mean, I, I hear you Tess and I'm, I'm one, sorry that like you had to go through that, but yeah, I think also, and, and, and tell me if I'm, if I may be misconceiving this, but like, I feel like there is that this, some sort of like negative perception around women who are funny and like mm -hmm. genuinely funny and like good at it, you know, um, where it's like, like we're perceiving like funniness as like a male or masculine trait for some reason, or like the ability to be funny is like typical to men. And so I don't know if that's like something you've been experiencing, but it's just like that also makes me think of like why somebody even would even feel the like impetus to want to try to one up you in some way or like show you how to do the job that like you uh, are doing, let you know how to do like you're, you're good at. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you've experienced any of that before. Yeah, I um, and it is interesting. Like I. There are certain male comics that I don't like but I respect that they are at least doing the thing you know mm -hmm. like um but I think it is like I obviously make jokes about men because that's me and women because that's me like punching up I can't like that that's the, my experience also like it's very much um what I've seen I, and if I make fun of a finance bro like okay, you feel silly for a second, but like, you're going to be fine. But if, you know, if I make fun of, um, you know, just someone who is not like in the hierarchy or like hierarchy of society, like it, like that doesn't, I, I'm also just not a mean person, but anyway, sometimes the guys who I make fun of in the audience or like whatever, I do uh, some jokes about like dating men and they immediately like physically will cross their arms they won't laugh and their girlfriends are hysterically laughing at me. like <laughs> hysterical and you know what and it's that's what I want I want the when I I the comedy is not that I'm doing is not for the men it's not mm -hmm. for you yeah and that's yep. fine it's not for you and they're like I feel left out and it's like well welcome to the world because I go to a show and I hear a joke about a rape joke or an abortion joke. And yeah, I feel a little sticky and mm. I don't laugh at those jokes and that's okay. But when the guys are like, oh, I'm upset. You like, you didn't include me in your, in your jokes. I feel left out, but the girlfriends are laughing. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Success. It's not, I think it's a lot of guys think it's like, this is for you. This is all for you package. Like you know, when they, when they hear a girl be like, yeah, like I love giving blowjobs. They're like, oh, that's funny. Cause it's for them. Mm -hmm. But like when they hear a girl, you know, talk about something a little more intimate or like, you know, joke about, uh, not joke about, but like talk about a sexual assault. They're like, oh, I don't know. And it's like, no, like some people need to hear certain things. And it's like, just because it's not for you doesn't mean you, you don't have to appreciate the art form that it yeah. is. Yeah. In a bad way. But I don't attract those people. Like those people don't come to my shows and I don't want them at my shows. Great. Keep your, I'll, I'll pay for you to get out. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't come, do that. don't show up. All good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate, okay. I appreciate you doing that. And yeah, I can definitely, I, I sense that in your, in your shows and in your standup, like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know who you're speaking to and you're not afraid to just like 
go there and be like speak to that audience for that audience right like you don't need to like placate for anybody else in the room like you're just showing you know you're you're telling your story and through that you're relating to people who you know maybe haven't really gotten to ha like have that story told for them yeah. in a way i think that's why like that's that's the reason why i got into like media and production and video and everything is like i when i came to new york to do theater and do performance um the roles that I was getting were like really stereotypical, just really like typecasted and just not, not my voice and not for me. Right. It was for usually a white male gaze. Right. And I'll never forget the show. Like I did a, I don't know, commercial or something. And I remember I was, we, we were between takes and I'm standing um, by the monitor and the director's there and he's like looking at the shot and the playback or whatever with the assistant. And he's like, okay, we'll move Brian here and Chris over there and Dan there. And our black person can go over here. And I was like, <laughs> he's talking about me, the one black person in the shot. And the assistant oh. is like, looks at him and is like, I think her name is Olivia. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was like, that moment was like, yep not doing this. This this is not for me. This is not a space or an industry that's for me right now. So I need to carve out, you know, like where I am in this and what my story is. And so I started to learn like how to produce and, you know, it's ultimately led me to, I guess, this podcast now. But um, yeah. I say all this, say I have major appreciation for people that like know their truth, know who they are, know what they want to say and who they want to speak to. And you're not afraid mm -hmm. to just do it. And anybody else who is upset about that, well, you have... How many think, other like white men comedians you can go to? Like, come on. But I think what's crazy is that it's at least for me, that was like I had taken a lot of shit or heard a lot of stuff and just was like, it's fine. Like, I want everyone to like me. And I still in the deepest part of me, I want everyone to like me. I want everyone to like who I am and want to be around me. But that's just not the reality. And I'm learning to cope with that. But I think at a certain point, like just like someone saying that to you it's like you're like no that is that's the line you crossed it that's it I've taken enough of this and I'm done and it's a control thing where you're like okay you think that that's not going to affect me and now you could because you're in control and you're a director or whatever but it's like you don't control me at all and I'm making this line and I'm trying to be better at representing myself in that space as well which is it's really hard it's and you really need good people in your corner to be like you know, this is what you're, this is what you're worth. And like, you know, I think you can fight for that. Um, but it, it, it does. It, unfortunately, I think it's like, for me, at least it took a lot more punches for me to like punch back. Whereas like, I, I wish earlier on, I had the perspective of someone being like, they should not be saying that to you. Because I was like, oh, I just want to, I just want this dream. And they like see a passionate woman with a dream and they're like, okay, well, let's see what she'll do. And uh, let's see what I can, how many things I can say to her to make her uncomfortable until she like tells me to fuck off. Yeah. And that sucks. Damn. But then you cross that line and you're like, all right, let's play ball. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm you the start back. like chunk it, get that muscle in and suddenly yeah. you know how to really swing. Um, and I think you're doing that now. Like the the fact that you're like producing this show, um, again, everyone go and check out Tess, My Life as a Rom-Com. Can you talk a little bit about like what you have learned about yourself through doing this project? Um, I learned that I I have a lot of 
support. Um, and a lot of my love in my life comes from friendships. I really think that I put so much stock into finding a boyfriend and find the, oh, the, like all I wanted was in high school. I was like, I just want a boyfriend. I just want a boyfriend because everybody had it. And people were like, even now, like, of course I want a person, but I want it to be a person who I'm like, that's my boyfriend. Can you believe it? But like, I, I don't want to say this in like a rude way, but like, I could get a boyfriend. Like I could, if I want a boyfriend, I could get a boyfriend easily. Like it wouldn't be the person who necessarily I want to be with, but I think, um, through this show, I found out, like, I realized that like, I can feel so fulfilled and so whole and so loved and like feel a purpose and feel this like butterflies in my stomach and excitement and like togetherness and community and love without having a boyfriend. And it felt so good. And I was like, I, I want, like, I, I definitely want connection and I want that, but I think that, um, the show has helped me to look around and be like, there's so many people I love platonically. And like, sometimes that's, that's so important to have that. <laughs> like there should be more platonic love rom-coms because having a good friend is like, and that's, you should have that quality in your partner. Um, and that's, that's what I'm trying to do is be like, I need, I need to know that you're a good friend before I can even like think of you in a romantic way. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. That's so beautiful, Tez. I love that. Friendships I are, love that. I'm, I love, I mean, surrounding yourself with good people and then meeting those good people's friends and they're also good people for you. It's like, and it takes a long time to do that too. That's a whole like relationship building and making friends in New York is really hard. Mm. That's vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just tough. But if, I, if you want to come to the show and meet good people and good friends, they're all going to be there because of good people, good people, good job. Good show. It's a good time, y'all. Go check it out. I had a lot of fun and I could definitely good. feel the love, the like camaraderie, like everybody just like putting their heart into doing this and supporting one another. So I, I again, praise you and congratulate you. And I really hope that yeah. like the show just continues. Congratulate you. Thank a you. A podcast. Podcasts are so much work. Yes. It's so much freaking work. I mean, yeah. You think it's like, oh, we'll just talk for, no, oh my God. I like thought about doing a podcast and I, I, you know, in the future I would love to, and I'll chew your ear off about or whatever, talk to yeah. you about that later. But I would just even thinking about starting a podcast is so much work. So I commend you and I'm like in awe of you all the time. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> Platonic romance right here, y'all. I know. And, <laughs> right here. and write that script because that is a great a movie idea. Like, what? yes, why not have more just like, I was thinking about that the other day because I was probably watching like, I don't know, Perfect Match or Love is Blind or some crazy reality show that is not reality. And like, love just seems like so insane on these shows. I'm like, why can't we just have like one show that is like just nice, calm, boring love and that way like we know this is what it is and well that's and, another uh, yeah that's another thing that bothers me sorry I think we're trying to wrap no, it up but no, no. just to say like the rom-com set you up for like it's so clear once you open your eyes to like oh this is clearly written by a man like so many I think 
so many of them set you up to be like, I need to be like a damsel and like, I need, or I need to be really drunk and let loose. And then like, then I'll fall in love. And it's like, no, like the amount of times I was like, um, you know, like feeling like I needed to become this character of this like damsel in distress in order for a guy to notice me and like put me back together or like to tear me, like I have this perfect plan and he's going to tear it apart. Like, it's just, it's always the woman changing for the guy. And I was so, I'm like, no, like, yeah, that helped me. Fighting against, (laughs) fighting against that nonsense. I love it. And um, definitely, yeah, everyone go and check out Tess's show, Tess's work, follow Tess. Where can they follow you? Where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Tess Treg and on TikTok as Tess Tregellis and follow my life as a rom-com if you want to see more like rom-com content Um, because my Instagram is kind of a a cluster of my brain, but rom-com is (laughs) rom-com. I'm like trying to, but, and it's all great. All great. Definitely. Yeah. Go and check out Tess. Thank you so much for talking with me today. It's been wonderful. Like like deep, deep dive and like go into this a little more with you. Um, so thank you. I appreciate you. Yes. Thank you. I I'm so honored. I'm on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Healing Through Love. If you have any comments or questions about today's episode, feel free to reach out on social media at solidarity underscore media. Also, you can head to the show notes of this episode to find links and ways to get connected with today's guest. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to talking with you guys in the next episode. Bye.